Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilosoff, and I'm your host. I'm the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorced Girl Smiling, a media company comprised of a website, podcast, mobile app, and amazing trusted professionals. Should you stay married or should you get divorced? It's not an easy decision. I've definitely been there. I remember my therapist at the time telling me some people go back and forth trying to figure it out for months, even years. So it's probably one of the biggest decisions that you're going to make in your lifetime. And there's so many things to consider. There's things to consider personally, but there's also financial, legal, kids, assets, everything. And so that's why when people judge, you know, why would she get divorced? You really can't judge because you don't know the person's situation and you don't know all of the things that's going into their decision. So today I want to talk about answering the question of should I stay married or should I get divorced? And to talk about the things that you should consider I have a great guest. Her name is Catherine Miller. Catherine is a divorce attorney in New York and also serves clients in Connecticut. And I've known Catherine for a few years. Nice to have you back, Catherine. It's a pleasure to be here, Jackie. Thanks for inviting me back. And Catherine, how long have you been practicing law? Uh, It's a scary question to ask, but about 36 years. 36 years. Catherine has a firm called the Miller Law Group. And what I love about your practice, Catherine, is that you always try to settle things through mediation or the collaborative process. So we all know that litigation can sometimes not be avoided. But if you can, you always go the route of, either the collaborative process or mediation, correct? That's true. But sometimes even, you know, statistically speaking, Jackie, nationwide, 95%, 95% of divorces settle before a judge makes a decision after a trial. So most people, the overwhelming majority of people, are going to settle their cases one way or the other. And so what we try to do is find the fastest and most efficient, most cost-effective way to that settlement, hopefully without without having to go to court if possible. But sometimes people need a little court intervention in order to um, make their way toward a settlement. But even when that happens, we're always looking, and, and everybody should always be looking for the best way to settle without leaving the decisions, really important family and personal decisions, to a stranger. Well, you bring up such a good point because if if you were having a consult with a potential client and you told them that, look, 95% of these settle in mediation anyway, then that would convince me, right? I mean, and so I think when people want to pursue litigation at the beginning, they're just angry and resentful and they want to tell a judge everything that their ex, soon to be ex has done to them. And they don't know that the reality is you don't get to talk to the judge. The judge We'll just make the decisions for you without even really knowing you. 
Yeah, I mean, they're going to obviously listen to the evidence as presented by your attorneys. And I think a lot of people head to litigation because they're scared, not just because they're angry. And, and that this idea that I need someone to protect me has risks in and of itself. And that it's really important to understand the pros and cons of each method, each process, and whether or not it's mediation, just straight up negotiation. And that's one thing that I really emphasize for my attorneys at the Miller Law Group is that we should all be excellent negotiators because that's really what this is going to be about, regardless of if that's in mediation, collaboration, litigation, or just straight up negotiation. Right. You're right. Let's get to the question of should I stay married or should I get divorced? Now, when people come to see you, are they sure they want to go through with it or are they still sometimes at the point where I'm thinking of getting divorced? Tell me about yeah. that. A lot of people are in the information gathering stage and it's a really good idea to find out from someone who knows what's involved in a divorce to, so that you know what it is before you make the difficult decision that you're going to do it or, you know, a challenging decision not to do it. And the primary reason I think that people make a decision or don't make a decision has to do with their personal relationship and their sense of satisfaction with the marriage in terms of how it is for them on a personal level. And you know, Jackie, people could come to a this decision, divorce or don't divorce, either just over time, the, the relationship loses luster, you grow apart and you're living parallel lives, but there's no precipitating event or there is a precipitating event. Uh, someone has an affair. You know, there is a, a financial um, problem in the marriage, and all of a sudden, one person finds out that there's a financial betrayal. I've been spending money on something I didn't tell you about, or I've taken all of our, you know, financial assets that was in this account, and I put it into a business you didn't know anything about. It doesn't necessarily have it to do with, with another relationship, and so really, those are two different paths, and they're two different ways to approach these decisions about whether or not this relationship should be saved. And I think one mistake that people think about a lot is, should this marriage be saved for the sake of the children? Now, I, I think that that's kind of a, a backwards way to look at it. And the thing to do is to think about, should this marriage be saved for the sake of the people who are married to each other? And does it really work for them? on a personal level and from that place, then potentially they can think about the children. Well, I also think that happy parents make happy children. And so if you're going to stay in a marriage and the two of you are not happy, the kids are going to suffer for it and they're going to grow up seeing your relationship and thinking that is what they should do. And so I know people might be listening thinking that I'm rationalizing, but I really don't see it that way. I completely agree with you that it's you, if you are in an unhappy or unhealthy relationship, a marriage, and you have children, and what you're, what you're, whatever you're telling your children about marriage, that what they're seeing is what they're then learning and aspiring to, and so that if you're in an unhappy marriage, chances are you're teaching your kids that they should also live in an unhappy marriage, and is that really what you want to do? Right, so I'm just going to give my listeners some examples. It's okay to stay in a relationship if 
your spouse drinks every night and has an alcohol problem and you're just gonna stay with that person and not address it. It's okay to stay with your spouse if he or she cheated. It's okay to stay in a relationship if the person is abusive or mean all the time or difficult to live with or you guys never talk, you just completely live separate lives. That, I believe, hurts kids more than seeing a parent leave a relationship that's toxic or that isn't working and then watches their parents in healthier relationships afterwards. I completely agree with that. And, and I could add some things to the example. Is it okay to, to, to your children want to be in a relationship where they're not supportive of each other, that they don't respect each other, that they don't like spending time together and don't? I mean, it doesn't have to be something as much as being in an abusive or alcoholic relationship. 100%. The kids are going to mimic what you do so, most of the time, not all the time, but they are going to grow up seeing, they are watching everything you're saying and doing, either subconsciously and consciously. Absolutely. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast with Jackie Pilisoff and my guest, divorce attorney Catherine Miller of Miller Law Group based in New York and serving clients also in Connecticut. We are talking about should you stay married or should you get divorced, things to consider. And Catherine, I just think that we talked, we just covered number one, your personal relationship. So that was number one of what to consider. Now we're going to get into other things to consider that Catherine is truly an expert about based on her experience and being a divorce attorney. And number two is financial consequences. So tell me how that should be a consideration. Well, that's a really complicated one too, Jackie. So let me break it down a little bit. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, first of all, a lot of people fight about money, right? It's one of the biggest uh, quote causes of divorce is disagreements about money. And yet it is a reason why people stay together because they're afraid that they cannot afford to get divorced. And why is that? It's because of something called the economies of scale, meaning that if we're living together, we are saving money because it's going to cost us less money to live together and perhaps raise our children together in one home than it would cost us to live in separate homes. It doesn't cost double, by the way. It costs about two-thirds as much to live in two homes as it does in one, so just in case the listeners are concerned about that. But also, there's a concern, Jackie, because of the if people divide up the tasks of the family and one person is the primary breadwinner and the other person is primarily responsible for the home and raising the children is this very typical sort of traditional roles for people, then the person who is not the breadwinner, who's not the primary earner is sometimes really afraid to leave the marriage because he or she, but often she, is worried that she won't be able to be self-supporting outside of the relationship and doesn't understand what the divorce is going to look like in terms of the numbers. And so for those people, I really, really recommend going and talking to a lawyer. It will cost you not that much or maybe even nothing to really understand what you're entitled to in terms of support from your spouse, uh, both for alimony or and child support and, and what 
share of the assets that have been accumulated during the marriage are likely to come to you because even if all of the savings and the retirement and the house and everything is titled to your spouse, you are going to get a really good share and very likely half of the value of those assets as part of the divorce. So you won't be destitute, you won't be threatened with homelessness, and there probably is a plan for you out of a really unhappy relationship, even if it, you don't see what it is right now. This is so important because there are people listening to this who are in the situation you're talking about, Catherine, and I truly believe that the number one reason people stay in an unhappy marriage is because they're too afraid that they are either going to have to go back to work or they're not going to be able to live in the lifestyle they have now. And maybe their ex is bullying that. I mean, not their ex, their spouse is bullying them and saying like, you're not going to get anything. And you're a hundred percent right, Catherine, they need to go have a consultation and maybe a lawyer charges, or maybe they don't for a consultation. But even if they charge you like an hourly rate and it's one hour, whatever, a few hundred dollars, and you get to find out what the laws are in your state and what really is reality, not what your spouse is saying to try to scare you into staying. Now, I also wanna say that Catherine and I are not promoting divorce, but if you have all the facts, you can make better decisions. And the other person I was gonna recommend that you go to in addition to a divorce attorney is a financial advisor. Give them all your numbers and they will give you a complimentary financial plan to tell you a lot of things you need to know about your financial situation and your financial future. I think that's a really good advice, but Jackie, I think one <laughs> thing that stops people from doing this is shame. You know, some people are really embarrassed about not making more money or not understanding the finances or spending too much money on clothing or vacations or beauty or something like that. And I just want to assure the listeners that lawyers and financial planners are not in a position to judge you on the way that you have spent money or what you do and do not know. They're in the place of wanting to help you make a plan because knowledge is power and the knowledge and the, gives you the power to make a plan that moves you and your children in the direction that you want to go in a, in a progressive way so that you're proactive and, and making plans to go in the direction you want instead of just going with the flow and, and reacting to whatever life throws your way. That might work, but it probably won't. Well, I'm going to say something that might be kind of funny to people, but I don't even mean it to be funny, but it sort of is. I bet you, Catherine, that you have seen so much in your experience in your 36 years, and so has a financial planner. So if people are listening and you're afraid that your potential attorney and or your potential financial advisor are going to judge you, trust me, they've seen way worse. They've seen everything. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast with Jackie Pillisop and my guest, divorce attorney Catherine Miller, founder of Miller Law Group in New York and Connecticut. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about signs that a marriage cannot be saved. We'll be right back. When I was getting divorced back in 2008, 
The profession of divorce coaches did not exist. And what a shame that was because I believe that if I had a divorce coach, it would have made my divorce so much easier and I would have made better decisions and probably had a better outcome. So if you are considering getting divorced or going through one, I would highly recommend divorce coach Karen Covey. Karen is a divorce attorney and a divorce mediator who has turned her entire practice to divorce coaching solely. She's just doing that. I've known Karen for about 10 years. She is an amazing person, full of knowledge, but also just so warm and compassionate. And Karen can help you through the tough times. She can help you navigate the divorce process with less conflict, less expense, and less of a damage to yourself and your children. So if you want to reach Karen, you can reach her at karencovey.com or in the Trusted Partners section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to mention financial advisor Joanne Littman. So I met Joe about five years ago, and I have to tell you, she is wonderful. She's a divorced mom, so she understands you. She's extremely experienced. She's been in the business for several years, and Joanne will help you come up with a financial plan that you feel comfortable with during and after your divorce. And Joanne works with people with all different size portfolios. There's no cost to have a consult with her. And I think you'll really, really enjoy the conversation. Joe has this way of working with divorced women and they just love it. That's kind of her thing. So if you want to reach Joanne, you can find her on the Trusted Partners page of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff. I'm your host. I'm talking with divorce attorney Catherine Miller of Miller Law Group, and we're going to talk about signs that a marriage cannot be saved. So Catherine, we just talked about should you stay married? Should you get divorced? Here's what you should consider. Tell me some situations where you should probably get divorced. Yeah, I think that in a situation where one spouse has a substance abuse problem, a mental health problem, and refuses to acknowledge it. So if somebody has a problem and is addressing it, that isn't a sign that your marriage can't be saved. But if they're an alcoholic or uh, some other kind of substance abuse, or they're really struggling with a mental health issue, and they will not deal with it despite efforts to help them, then it's, you got to make a choice if you want to continue living with that or if you need to you know, cut, cut bait and, and try to save yourself and your kids. And in those circumstances, it isn't, it isn't um, you know, sometimes we're, we're taught, well, you know, marriage is for life, for, you know, for sickness and in health and all that sort of stuff. I've got to stick by this person no matter what. You know, you're really going to go down with the ship if you aren't able to somehow or other separate yourself from that um, and, really difficult, sick person. And that is such a heartbreaking decision to have to make. It's not easy and it might feel, you might feel like, oh, I'm such a terrible person, but you are not. You are trying to save your kids and yourself, 
yourself and live the happiest, healthiest life possible. And if your spouse is not participating in that, that's a big, big problem. It certainly is. And in fact, by choosing to end your marriage or, or leave your spouse, you might actually encourage that person to, uh, to get help. That might be the one thing that pushes them over the edge. And you know, even though you might not then go on as partners in life anymore, you might be doing the best thing you possibly can for that other person. Absolutely. And if you leave, I just want to say this, don't expect your spouse to go get help, though, because if he or she doesn't, it will just solidify that you did the right thing. Absolutely. So, all right. What else? Another thing is if you are in a situation where you uh, where you have an abusive spouse, and whether or not that abuse abuse is is physical, which is obvious, right, mm -hmm. uh, or it's emotional, financial, sexual, these are all ways in which you are being um, controlled by your partner and. It, that is usually really difficult, if not impossible, to to overcome. And and so let's let's talk about what other kinds of. I mean, I think physical abuse that's pretty clear, right? Yes. There's hitting, there's uh, you, you know yes, intimidation, but, but that's not the only kind of abuse that there is. So let's talk about some of the other ones. Would that be okay, Jackie? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask you to do because yeah. a lot of people don't recognize it. They think abuse is just physical, and you see the the bruises on your body or on your face, but that's obvious, but there's other kinds of abuse that you might not even realize you're being abused. Exactly. So uh, emotional abuse. It could be that someone tells you you're worthless or is somehow always derogatory uh, to you. And that is emotional abuse. Financial abuse is really about financial control. So if you don't know what your spouse is spending, you don't have access to money other than what is being doled out to you. I don't know what's in the account. I don't have access to cash. I use this one credit card and I can only charge up to X dollars a month or a week. That is financial abuse. And sexual abuse, I think, is pretty clear as well. If you are being controlled in a sexual way, being forced to do things that you are uncomfortable doing and don't feel that you can say no to, that is also a form of abuse. Okay, what are some other signs a marriage cannot be saved? Well, if someone is having a relationship outside the marriage, and that is not something that you've agreed to. So sometimes people have open marriages or polyamorous relationships, and that's part of the deal. Fine, that's your choice in your marriage. But if one person is having a relationship outside the marriage and refuses to end it, and go and go to counseling or just doesn't show up in counseling or in counseling promises to end it but doesn't end it i'm not really sure that you're going to be able to overcome that and jackie let me distinguish that from somebody having a relationship ending it and then the married couple making a decision we're going to work on the relationship and see if we can repair it and get beyond this in that circumstance there's a pretty decent chance that you are going to be able to to, to get over it, even though it's certainly not easy. None of this is easy. But if your partner is just not willing to do that, then I don't see you finding a way to make it through. I think you're right. There are a lot of marriages that can be saved. So if you're a listener and you just found out your 
husband or wife cheated and you're trying to figure out if you should stay in a marriage or get divorced. And there are so many stories that people worked it out. But as Catherine's saying, if your spouse does not want to work on it and you you'll know, even if they say, okay, yeah, I will, but you know, deep down they won't, then that's for me would be a deal breaker. Me too. Okay, last sign a marriage cannot be saved. If there's a real breakdown in communication, and Jackie, I think that this is one of the most common reasons why people get divorced, that the, the breakdown in the communication means that there's a breakdown in trust, there's arguing, there's verbal confrontation, or there's icy silence. And, and because of that breakdown in the communication, there's a building up of anger, and resentment and a loss of respect in the partners, then once that goes too far down the road, the, the bad feeling just takes on a life of its own and really, really, it's hard to come back from that place. And you know, there's defensiveness, there's a, an assumption that everything the partner says is an attack on you or most things are and that's happening all the time. And you know, from that place, it develops a tremendous amount of unhappiness and resentment. And, you know, once that, again, is, once that develops to a certain stage, it's just really, really hard to get back from it. I've never seen anyone be able to do it. Right. It's almost like you reach the point of no return. Exactly. And, and then that's it. And then as if you go to therapy, couples therapy, and you wait too long, then there's no going back. Once somebody decides, then that's it. That's right. Which is really sad because if they would have gone to therapy and would have kind of nipped it in the bud early on, maybe it wouldn't have gotten to that point. Yeah. And, and it also is because of the lack of communication and a fear of asking. Mm -hmm. You know, Brene Brown, who I'm a huge fan of, she talks about uh, the story I'm telling myself in her, in her work, right? So if I hear something and my husband says, blah, 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 and I think, well, that's an attack on me, you know, then that's the story I'm telling myself. It might be true, but it probably isn't. And if I have the courage to say, hey, what did you mean by that? You know, that, that hurt my feelings because I, I thought you meant blah, 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 blah. And, and then he can say, yeah, I did mean that. Or he can say, oh, I didn't mean that at all. What I really meant was this other thing, which is probably the case. And or so, he might yeah, say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Exactly. You know, but, and so you're right. It, I love this because it's really uncomfortable, even in the best of relationships. It's very uncomfortable to tell your spouse something that's bothering you or something that you don't like. Absolutely. And but and it's really important because otherwise mm -hmm. this is the kind of thing that built that this relationship breakdown because of a lack of communication. That's how it happens is is not having the courage to say, hey, you know, that hurt. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. Catherine, this has been wonderful. And I want to tell my listeners, this is what I love about Catherine Miller. She's very businesslike and she's experienced and very a very, very, very good lawyer. But you also have a side that's very compassionate and warm and you understand and you personally went through a divorce. So you're you understand this. Catherine, thanks again for being here. It was really, really nice having you. And this was I loved our conversation. Thank you, Jackie. It was a lot of fun.
All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you want to get a hold of Catherine Miller, she can be found at miller-law.com, or you can find her in the Trusted Partners section of Divorced Girl Smiling. And if you want to read articles, listen to more podcasts, watch videos, or see all of my trusted partners, you can visit divorcedgirlsmiling.com.